Good morning, good morning. Good morning. I apologize for my voice this morning. Um, I have a very froggy voice. I think it was singing Happy Trails yesterday. <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, uh, you know, we celebrated the life of um, just an amazing man, Jim Lander. And um, apparently he had heard at a friend's memorial service years back uh, the song Happy Trails. And so he leaned over to his wife and said, uh, for my memorial service, I want Dana, Toby, and Kevin to sing that. And um, so uh, unfortunately, for everybody who was listening, we sang it yesterday. So, um, so I, think it was my, I think it was Happy Trails. Because I, I could not, like we practiced like Tuesday. I had never sung Happy Trails. Heard it, yes. Didn't know there was verses. Just knew there was a happy trails to you until we meet again. Um, had no idea there was some trails are happy ones. And Toby, what's the other one? Some are blue. Yeah, yeah. It's the way you ride the trail that counts. So, um, and I love that line. It's the way that you ride the trail that counts. And so, um, so yeah, so we sang that song. I could not get that song out of my head. We practice it Tuesday. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Happy trails to you. And I, could, and I couldn't grasp, kind of grasp all the words. I would, kind of, I would kind of mumble at some of them because I couldn't remember some of them, but you still, the tune was still there, right? And so, um, I mean, for me, like spiritually, how I tie that in for me spiritually is what Ashley was talking about today is, man, we should be so saturated with the presence of Jesus in our lives that it just, when we wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's just like, man, I'm with you. We hear him say that, I'm with you. But we also say that to him, God, I am with you. Now, even though physically, Sometimes our bodies just don't line up with, I want to be with you and be doing this. But the Word of God says that not by might or by power, but it's by God's Spirit that He's going to do His work. And that's our prayer that, man, physically we might not be able to do the things we used to do. Um, I'm discovering that on a daily basis <laughs> as we were remodeling our house. Um, but it's not by might, it's not by our power, but it's by God's Spirit, what He is doing. And I believe that He does that even when you're remodeling your house. That it's His ideas. I, sometimes we just sit and like, I'm not sure what to do here. We're not sure what to do here. And you just sit for a while and, you know, believe it or not, we pray about that type of stuff. And He gives us, boom, there it is. Um, sometimes it's 3 o'clock in the morning. In fact, often, I don't know what it is about that thing. Maybe because that's the only time I'm not busy is 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm just trying to lay there. Well, Heather and I are back from Alaska. I think Alaska might be watching. Are we back online this morning, Pete? We're online. We were having some technical difficulties earlier. Um, Facebook is getting grouchier and grouchier as time goes on about kicking us off. It's kind of a weird thing. Um, so... Hi, Alaska. We got a couple families in Alaska watching this morning. We just got back. 
had a great time kind of stepping off the grid, um, literally. Um, we did have Wi-Fi. That was kind of cool. But um, there is running water at my mother-in-law's house, but only from the rain tank. So they collect water from the gutters of their house. And it goes in this huge rain tank. Um, it's about 12 feet tall, 10, 12 feet tall, about 8 feet wide. Um, and then they have an, a pump, a hand pump, that goes into their sink in the kitchen. And that is your water. Now, we have a Berkey up there that we drank out of. But everything like, hey, hey I need a boil of water real quick. I mean... Like, my arm is like twice as big after just one week. I had to go left-handed for a while. Um, and then, yeah, you boil water. She cooks on this incredible modern day, but it's incredible. It's a wood stove. So the left side, about that big, is all wood, fire. And then the other side is an oven, and then the whole top is a cooktop. So we're having biscuits and gravy. I mean, we ate well. Can you tell? That's why I don't tuck in my shirt. You guys ask me, why don't I tuck in my shirt? That's why. I eat well. Um, we caught fish. Anybody, any fisher people in here? Anybody like to fish? Yeah, I know Heather likes to fish. Yeah. Um, the thing was, we were right in between seasons. So the kings had already run, and the coho were coming, the silvers were coming. Um, and she lived, they live right in this little inlet. And so we were able to go out and fish. We tried to fish. We actually, the first day, caught a few trout, which was fun. I was like, I didn't come up here to catch trout. Um, I want to catch the big one. Um, I didn't catch, well, okay, let's just talk about it. Let's just get it out. <laughs> let's just get it out of the way. Who caught the biggest fish? <laughs> Who caught the two biggest fish? <laughs> okay. okay, let's just get out of the way. Who caught the most fish? I did catch a couple trout. Um, I caught a pink, which was rare because pinks weren't supposed to be running yet. Pink or a salmon. Um, and then um, I caught a silver. One day, the last day we went out uh, to fish, it was actually Sunday. We're leaving Monday. And um, she had caught a big one, a really big one. And uh, it was just a, a weird day. So the last day, last day of a trip is always kind of weird because you're, you're sad that you have to leave. Um, not that I didn't want to be back here. Um, and so I had caught a silver. It was an 18-inch. It was nice. And you can keep them. I was like, man, they're good eating, so I'm keeping that. Um, caught a trout, which is about 12-inch. And um, it was just a little discouragement. And I was looking over, and I was like, I, God, I pray that she catches a big fish. Not bigger than mine, but big. <laughs> And then within a couple minutes, literally, boom, her pole is like down, and um, we drag it up, up on the shore. We didn't have a net, so we're just like dragging these things right up onto the shore. Um, it was huge. And I, we didn't have a place to do the stringer. And so I had tied the stringer just around my leg. Because so, I was at my waders on, I'm standing in the river, I'm like, oh, that's fine. But then she was like 20 feet away from me, so I had to pull my fish out, undo the stringer, and get over there, pull it in. And I brought the fish over and put it on the stringer. And I should have a picture for you. I don't even have a picture. I think Sally, Sally, send me that picture, please. Because it looks like I'm going fishing with bait, and I caught the big one. Because, 
my fish are about that big, and then hers was about, you know, hers is like 30 inch. It literally looks like I'm carrying bait, and she has the, what we caught the fish with. So it was a great time. Uh, Robert and Sally hosted us well, and um, I love their lifestyle. Um, every night, um, we don't watch TV. Uh, we gathered around the kitchen table, we played games. It was really cool, really fun. Learned how to play dominoes. That was really fun. Played uh, Rummy Cube. Um, you can ask how well that went. And um, yeah, we had a great time. So thank you for praying for us. For those of you that were texting and checking in on us while we're gone, we had a really good time. And I pray that uh, as we are walking through the, the season that we're walking through as human beings, this side of heaven, that you are encouraged and that you have hope. And one of the reasons why I believe that God is bringing us through First uh, Peter and into Second Peter is because this is the message that we need to hear right now. As his church, yes, but not just for us, but for those who are in, we are in contact with, our families, our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, even the stranger on the street, they need hope just like we need hope. They need to be encouraged just like we need to be encouraged. And so some of the things that, as I look back, um, through First Peter, just some of the things that bring us hope and bring us encouragement. I just want to read them to you this, this morning, reminding us that Peter is writing to a group of Christians who are extremely afraid. Um, yeah, we have Bibles. Our host um, is to holding up Bibles. If you need a Bible this morning, would you raise your hand? We would love for you to follow along. We're going to be in his word this morning. We will be in First Peter chapter 4 if you want to jump ahead. But I'm just going to do a quick review. Raise your hand if you need a Bible. Seriously, don't be ashamed. The Word of God is huge, and the reason why I'm, we're going through a season right now, because you guys are like, well, why do you have these nice projectors? Why doesn't the pastor put verses up on the projector for you? Because I'm not going to spoon feed you right now. We're going into a season where we're going to have to bring out our forks, and we're going to have to dive into the meat for a while. And so I want you to, yeah, these are really cool. Annie does an amazing job with the graphics. Um, and everything she does here at the church, incredible job. Um, but I want us to be able to open up our Bibles and like, hey, we're in First Peter chapter 4 this today. And that we can actually grab a Bible and actually open up to it. And not like, well, I don't have my big screen. Pastor Kevin's not here and can just put it on the screen for me. But we can actually open up the Word of God ourselves and read it. And whether it's an app, I use the app as well. Um, but there's nothing like the pages. There's nothing like the pages. So some reminders. Again, Peter's writing to a group of believers who are scattered, who, are, who have been separated. Some of them are in clumps. But they are a group of people who are extremely afraid. And why are they afraid? Is because they're being persecuted for what they believe. And what do they believe? They believe in Jesus. And they're being persecuted. They're being um, hunted down because they believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And that He, Jesus, changes lives. So Peter reminds us that we have a Heavenly Father who cares for us. That, that Heavenly Father ex extends this incredible mercy to us. That our Heavenly Father has chosen us to be His. Maybe some of you need to hear that line. That's it today. And that is your nugget, that you have been chosen by him. I remember back in PE, 
I don't think they, I don't, I don't even think they call it PE anymore. Physical education. PE. Do they still call it PE? Do they? Nice. Okay. I'm not that old. All right. So they call PE, and I remember, I don't know if they do that today, but they used to line up and pick teams in PE at school. I don't think they, I don't think they do that anymore. It's pretty much politically incorrect. But I remember I was extremely athletic, but nobody knew it because I was the smallest one in the class, and I was always picked last, usually. Usually. And so I remember what that felt like. And maybe some of you are identifying with me. Some of you are like, I've never, I don't know what that means. And that's okay. But for those of you that know what that means, that the fact that God, our Father, has chosen us, that's huge. Not only has He chosen us, but He has set us apart. And Peter says that He's made us holy. <laughs> I just look at my life like, how, What? God, you've made me holy. And it's not in my abilities. It's not what I do or what I have done. It's because of what Jesus has done for me and the fact that he has chosen me. And because I'm his and because I belong to him, now I take on his characteristics as holy. And Peter calls us then to live holy lives for Jesus. doesn't say now that you've been chosen, now that you've been set apart, do whatever you want. No, because when we do whatever we want, it usually brings harm to us, and it usually brings, in fact, always brings harm to those around us. Peter reminds us that this world might be hard, but our inheritance, our fortune is not of this world, but our inheritance is held in Him, and we will receive that someday. He reminds us that as crazy as it can be, this side of heaven, that we can have joy. <laughs> Didn't say that we can have happiness, but he said we can have joy. And he says it can be, it's a joy that's inexpressible. And it's a joy that is glorious. Man, anybody want that joy? Come on, let's be real. Anybody want that type of joy this morning? Man, I want an inexpressible, glorious joy. Because the problem is, our world does not have that right now. And if there is a group, like right, if our group right here in this room, and for those of us watching at home, if we would just receive that and walk in that inexpressible, glorious joy, whoo, our homes would be different, our neighborhoods would be different, our cities, our nation would be different, our world would be different if we walked in this. And we're going to be talking about how can we change the world? I mean, I don't want to just be the church that we just gather on Sunday mornings and that's it. It's been that way for a few years because of the whole COVID thing. But it's time to, we're breaking out. It's time to do things. We're doing splash thing for our community. It's free. We're spending money doing burgers. We're going to have a dunk tank that you can dunk your favorite pastor. Dana's going to be out there. He's first. Yes, he's... He's going to be the thrower, not the throwee. I'm the throwee, apparently, for the first part, and then you're all welcome to join. In my, Mitch. Why are you looking at me? Adam. Yeah, that's the guy you want to dunk. Okay, that'd be awesome. Okay. Fiona, yes. Fiona, you're in. You're second. You can be first. That'd be great. 
Inexpressible joy, that's what we want. In fact, can we just, I want us to stop for a moment. If, that, if you raise your hand and said, and if you're at home even, if, um, and you said, yeah, I want that inexpressible, glorious joy that God says that is ours in him. And it's, you know what, if he's already said it's ours. And so the question is, are we walking in it? Are we believing it? Have we received it? Because he says it's ours. And so let's open that up this morning. So I invite you, if, we're going to stop and pray just for a moment. If that's you this morning, like, God, God I just pray for that inexpressible joy, that joy that is glorious. Just would you raise your hand? Lord, you see our hands, God, and our hands are a representation of our hearts this morning, that we raise them and say, God, more of you, Jesus. Less of us and more of you. And that's where the joy is. So we pray for an inexpressible, glorious joy in Jesus' name this morning. And we pray that prayer in your name. Amen. Peter tells us how relationships work. <laughs> it was a, t a little kind of a rough journey through chapter 2 and chapter 3. Um, but he says, how relationships work well is love, submission, Humility, grace, servanthood, respect, sympathy, compassion, and gentleness. First Peter chapter 4 is where we're going to be this morning. We're going to jump in in verse 8. Originally, I was going to go from 8 to 11, but then I was kind of just reading through First Peter again. And, and Dana did such a phenomenal job last week. Thanks, man. Or two weeks ago. Um, really spoke to me. I needed to hear it. Um, Gil was here last week and just gave us a world perspective of what was going on in the in Bible translation in our world. It was just super exciting to me. And I was going to go 8 through 11 today, and I read verse 7, because it's kind of a start of a, a new chapter, not chapter, but a paragraph. And I just, I want to revisit that verse. I want to visit that verse this morning. It'd be, to kind of set us up into where we're going. Verse 7 in chapter 4 of 1 Peter says, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert, be of sober mind, so that you may pray. The end of all things is near. You know, every day that goes by, we are one day closer to Jesus' return. And I... I don't usually talk about eschatology very often. It's a topic that comes up at our house because um, my family loves to talk about Jesus coming back. And I'm beginning to love that topic as well. Um, I think if we watch the news, if we just open our doors <laughs> and look outside, you can th see things have escalated. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not going to pick dates, I'm not going to tell you, you know, but you can look and see, things have escalated. We are, I mean, we are like living in the days of Noah, I, I do believe that, when people just are doing whatever they want to do, with no regard to law. Um, and if you doubt that, um, walk across the street after church and talk nicely wave before you get too close to the King County police officer that sits there or sits in our parking lot or sits on the corner. Ask them how their day's going. 
it's rough right now to be a police officer because lawlessness is everywhere. And right now, at least in our county, in our state, there's not much um, recourse they can do. You know, we can go out and do something, and you're out before they even fill out their paperwork. And so there's no, yeah, it's just really tough right now. We actually had a police officer swing by our house um, a few weeks ago, just driving by, and we were working on that. We we're working, we we're remodeling the house, and so he stopped. Hey, the house is looking good, you know. And we asked him, "How are you doing?" And you know what he said? Another day of hell. This is a Buckley police officer. I'm mean, Buckley. Is that? Come on, dude, you're in Buckley. Go talk to my friend who's a police officer in Renton. Go talk to. Um, my buddy who's a police officer in Kent. Yeah. We are living in that day. And Peter says, the end of all things is near. In fact, there's a version of the Bible that says things are wrapping up in that passage. And notice that Peter doesn't say, so you should be afraid, be scared, oh man, what, lock your, you know, no. What he tells us is, Hey, be on your guard. Hey, the end of things, things are wrapping up. Be on your guard. Be clear-minded. Know that, hey, what, where you're at right now, what's going on right now, it's real. Don't hide. Don't, don't, he, he uses the word sober-minded. Don't hide in, in substance. Don't run away from, from the reality of what's going on and be caught up in that stuff. But be sober-minded. And then what does he tell us to do? He tells us to pray. Be on your guard. Be clear-minded. And pray. And I read that this week. And man, I was really convicted. I'll just be real. Because I was like, man, what are the things am I praying for right now? Like in my own personal prayer time, what are the things that I pray for? And so I want, to jo- I want you to join me in my conviction. And I'm going to ask you the same thing. When you pray, what do you pray for? And here's when I evaluated, when I self-evaluated myself this week in my prayer time, I was like super like, wow, man, I'm really selfish. Because I find that most of the time when I pray is about my bubble. The things that are going on with me and around me. 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 And I believe that God wants us to step past that. Is it okay to pray about our bubbles? Absolutely. Jesus said that. God, give us, give me today what I need. You know, God, would you forgive me? Yeah, Jesus said that. But he also said, God, your will be done. God, I want the bigger picture stuff. I want to be part of that as well. With the end drawing near, with everything passing away, basically, and with every passing day, we should be preparing for his return. And so how do we prepare for Jesus to come back? 
Well, first of all, we need to make sure we're ready. The Bible, what I love about the Bible and what I love about God is that He gives us big picture stuff. Hey, I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never turn my back on you. I'm walking with you. And we can pull scriptures. We can like raise our hands and have all our favorite scriptures this morning. But there are times where God is very vague. There are times when we just don't know the full plan. Especially when it comes to Jesus' return. There's a lot of really cool stuff out there. There's a great movie we watched. that Jesus' return, when he told that story, is all about a Galilean wedding. It's fantastic fascinating. And when you break it down and look at the scriptures, like, wow, that really makes sense. So how do we personally prepare for his return? We got to make sure we're right with him first. A personal thing. Not just a church thing. Not just a community thing. It has to start here. God, am I ready for you to come back? And that really, that's really important. Because if we're going to help other people get ready, we ourselves need to be ready. And so we need to make sure we have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not a religious thing. It's like, oh, I need to start going to church more. Well, that might be part of it. Because when you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a desire to gather with those who have made the same decision as you have to follow Jesus. It's just there. So, have we made the decision to follow Jesus? That's the first step in preparing for Jesus' return, is have we personally made a decision to follow Jesus? And how do I do that? It's not a prayer that's just written down on a little track. It comes from your heart. And first of all, you just need to acknowledge who God is. And then you need to acknowledge what, that you want what God wants for you. And you know what God wants for us? He wants us to have life. Pastor Alex wrapped up the service yesterday uh, for Jim. And Jim's heart was that the good news of Jesus would be shared at his memorial service. So both Alex and I were able to do that. And Alex wrapped it up. And he did such a great job because at the end he said, you know, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. Because a lot of times we think that, right? And then Jesus didn't make, come to make good people better. The reason why Jesus came is to make dead people alive. <laughs> Man. Because without Jesus, the Bible describes us as dead. We are dead in our, in our brokenness and our transgressions and sins is what the Bible says. Now, we, there's no way we can fix ourselves, and that's why Jesus came. And so making that personal commitment or response to him and commitment to him, like, God, Jesus, I recognize you as God. I recognize that there's something broken in me, and I recognize and receive what you did on the cross for me, that you died for my brokenness, you died for my sin, and you came to make me alive in you. And not just so I'll have this amazing life with these incredible house with a nice fence and fancy cars. No. 
the abundant life I have for you now is, is eternal. It does start now, but I might not have those things. But what I'd have is you, Jesus. And then to make that commitment to follow him. And for those of you that have made that decision, does it, is, it, is everything just a piece of cake after that? There, I believe that there is a little honeymoon stage with Jesus. That when you first give your life to Jesus, I've seen it. I experienced it. Man, it's just all of a sudden, whoo, I'm, clo- I'm floating. This is amazing. I mean, if you're in ministry, I, I look at Cindy nodding her head. She's in a frontline ministry, Teen Challenge, and she sees this often. These young guys come off the street. Um, come out of jail, they get clean, they give their lives to Jesus, and there's a small period of time where everything's like goosebumps, and yeah, this is amazing, and then reality right in your face that, oh, I'm still here on this broken planet, and there's realities to the decisions that I made in the past. I'm forgiven of those decisions. I'm forgiven of those, but I'm still walking in the consequences of those decisions. Still healed, still whole, still a future, still an inheritance in heaven. But right now, man, reality has really hit. And I know you've seen it. I've seen it. I experienced it. (laughs) And I've known Jesus since the 70s. Just give me a moment there. (laughs) Yikes. Okay. Right? Man, there's those times where we just like, man, God, are you there? Yeah, he's there. He's there. And Dana says often, it's those times where we're asking that question that it's like my grandson. I try not to talk about my grandkids very much. I have four of them. They're amazing. I have one who just turned one. We just started walking. It's the cutest thing ever. He shrugs his shoulders when he walks. <laughs> and, his, and his hands, it's the funniest. He's just like, wow, that's cute. If I carried him around all the time, he wouldn't learn how to walk. And so you just have to put him down. And yeah, he walks kind of awkwardly right now. He doesn't really walk. He kind of runs. He stumbles. You just think he's going down. Nope, nope, nope. He's there. Nope, nope, nope. Yep. Now he's down. He's right back up. Down again. Right back up. And that, I believe, is like our walk with Jesus. Is if he just carried us around all the time, man, we wouldn't, we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't be able to walk on our own. We wouldn't be able to... Do the things he's asked us and called us. The Bible says that he has prepared things for us in advance to do. Now we sang that song, God, your sovereign hand guides us. God has prepared in advance things for each one of us to do. To me, that's cool. Sometimes it's confusing, like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Well, we're going to talk about this this morning. Because Peter goes from that right into this when he's talking about, hey, yeah, the time it's wrapping up. Things are near. You should be praying. And then you're thinking, okay, what should I be praying for? What should I be doing? And Peter tells us exactly right here in chapter 4, hey, these are four things that you should be doing. You should be doing these. As followers of Jesus, you should be doing these things. And so let's read about them. Starting in verse 8. Above all, 
So Peter has spent three chapters, three and a half chapters, telling us all this incredible stuff. And then he says right here, above all, everything that I've already told you about, above all those things, this is what we should be doing. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use uh, the little Snickers there. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone who serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I love that line. Can I just read it again? So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So four things he tells us right here to do. To love, to be hospitable, to serve one another, and to represent Jesus with the words that come out of our mouths. So I want to break them down just really quick this morning. First of all, he says, love one another in verse 8. And not just like the surfacey kind of brotherly love. He says love deeply here. Just waving to my buddy Deshaun out there in the hall. Deshaun, you can come in. All right, cool. All right. To love deeply. Not just a surfacey type of thing. And what the cool, for me as a pastor, just to step back and watch, I mean, our church got hit with COVID pretty bad like three weeks ago. Four, almost four, yeah, three weeks ago. Uh, we had to shut down church for one Sunday because we just wanted to kind of clear, but go, just get this by us. And some of you guys were hit pretty hard. Some of you are still at home. But for, to watch you guys love one another deeply. And to work all day for some of you, I'm going to do a shout-out. She doesn't want me to do this. She's looking at me right now. Now she's not. But Andrea, to work all day long, her whole home group got, got COVID, except for her. And she goes from work to the grocery store to the drugstore, and she's making stops and dropping stuff off and loving people by serving them. That's, that's huge. So, so, so thank you for doing that. That's huge. I know many of you did that. Take a meal over, drop something off. I know when I was going through one of my hardest times in my life, um, Bill and Jan brought me Kentucky Fried Chicken. And you might think, well, that's what, what Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was awesome. And you know why? Because I didn't have to make anything. And it was delicious, actually. I like Popeye's better, just for future reference. But, <laughs> but hey, it was great. It was great. Original recipe, it was awesome. Loved it. Oh, man. So to love one another, can we do that? It sounds easy, but why does the Bible mention it so often in the New Testament? Jesus said the world will know. Everybody will know that you are my followers, that you belong to me. If you what? Not if you obey every word in this book. Not if you memorize it. Not if you get out there. Not if you go to church every Sunday. Not 
If we love one another, the world will know. Because why? Loving one another is hard at times. Deep love for one another is hard at times because we don't always get along. I know I'm, I don't want to step on toes this morning, but I'm just going to let the Word of God do that. There might be differences even in this room. There might be differences for those of you watching at home. You're sitting on the couch with somebody and there's differences. Yeah, there's going to be differences. But what Peter says is, get over it. When we love one another, it covers up everything else. <laughs> the person, here's, I got a newsflash for you. The person you're married to is a sinner. And for some of you, you're like, that's right. <laughs> but <laughs> try not to look at married couples right now. You both are. Not just one of you. You both are. Sorry, Heather, you married a sinner. When kids, when little kids, one of my favorite lines with babies, and it always catches people off guard, but they'll cry or they'll do something. I was like, ah, oh, cute little sinner. You know, unfortunately, that's where we're born. With the world we live in, we're born broken. We're born spiritually broken, and that's why Jesus came. And so, yeah, it is sometimes hard to love one another because we, our brokenness shows up. Now, do we have to live in that brokenness? No. I may be weak, but God, your spirit lives in me. Your spirit is not just lives in me, but your spirit is strong in me. Yeah, my flesh may fail. In fact, I will just say this. I love that song, but I'll add to that. My flesh will fail, but God, you never will. And so we are called by Peter, first thing on the list is to love one another. I'll just say this. Love sends a message. When we love one another, it sends a message. For those of you that are going to come and serve on Wednesday night for a summer splash, some of you are like, man, I don't want to leave my house. I work all day. Man, there's a reason why God has called us to be in this community as a church, not as a club, not as just a hangout, but to be his church, and that is to love and care for our community and provide places for people to come and live life and realize that, wow, I could be accepted here. I see myself here. And sometimes that's just by giving them a free cheeseburger and watching their kids um, play and throwing a ball at the pastor okay. or Toby Caps. You'll be done by then. Um, <laughs> hospitality. So, Peter goes on and says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. <laughs> Enough said. Um, hospitality, here's the definition, a friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, and strangers. And some of you are really good at this. Some of you, not so much. Now, it's interesting to me when I read this passage, Peter doesn't give us like ways out of these. Like, if it's your gift, be hospitable. 
he says, be hospitable. And some of you are like, oh, he covers that. Don't grumble about it. You know, be hospitable. Yeah, I get it. There's times where like, nope, can't do it tonight, can't do it today, you know. But there's times, even if that's not what we feel is our gift, we need to do this. We need to care for people. Hospitality is a spirit of, I'm care- I want to care for you. Annie's vision for our, we don't even call them ushers anymore. I love that. We call them ushers here for 37 years. And she's taken that ministry on without whining. (laughs) She does a phenomenal job. And her vision is, I don't want them just to be ushers. I want them to be hosts. Because people are coming into God's house. And we want to care for them. We want to care for, a host cares for all their needs. Oh, you need to know where the bathroom is? Right here. Oh, you need a cup of coffee? We're, let me just walk you back here to the cafe because we have hosts back there as well. Patty and Pat and Terry are back in there and getting stuff ready for us. Oh, you need a Bible? Here it is. Oh, you need to know where the offering? Can you guys start pointing that out a little bit more, actually? Um, the tithe box is like right there. And we've done, the reason why we have that, can I just take a little side note here? The reason why we have a box back there is because when people come here, I don't want to pass a plate in front of them and make them feel guilty. Like, I don't have any money to put in. Oh, I guess I have a dollar. And so what are we doing when, when a guest shows up here? We're kind of almost guilting them into giving. The Bible doesn't say to give that way. The Bible says to give generously. And actually, with that inexpressible joy we talked about, that's the way we should give. There should be a dance party around that box every week, is what the Bible says, right? Because, man, God, you've given me so much. The least I can do is give back to you what you've asked me to give. So good. I love that. So hospitality is huge. And to do it with no grumbling or whining. My buddy used to have a shirt. He was a fifth-grade math teacher. So God bless him. Um, and he just had a black T-shirt, and it said whining across with a big red thing around it with a line right through it. No whining. He wore it all the time because he taught fifth grade math. No whining. I mean, I think we've all been there. We've all had examples of, you know, people who have been, sh- are, have been giving hospitality, been acting like they're being hospitable, and you're, they're not. You feel that. We went and got uh, one of our favorite drinks is at Bigfoot. I mean, I'm just telling all, all my whole life story up here today. Bigfoot Java makes this thing called Barefoot on the Beach. It's uh, pineapples and coconut. It's basically a pineapple coconut milkshake. Fantastic. A lot of calories. That's why I don't tuck in my shirt. Um, it's fantastic. Um, and usually you pull into those places, they're pretty bubbly. This girl was not very bubbly that day. In fact, pretty grouchy. And my first intent, my first reaction was, hmm, hmm. But what I felt the Lord say is like, make her day. So I said something funny. Tried to, tried to at least. Got her to smirk. 
And then um, she said something, and I played right off it. And then while the drink is, she didn't even make the drink. She just stood there and talked to us. She's telling us about her kids, about what's going on after work, about how her parents babysat her kids and how she loves it. And, and, and we were joking like, well, you must be like, you must be related to us and all this stuff like that, you know. By the time we left, five minutes, she's smiling, and, and I think we made her day. It wasn't us, but we are trying to be hospitable to the host. Attitude matters. So when we serve, Peter says, attitude matters. Don't do it grumbling, but do it in joy. And the next one, he says, is to serve one another. Each of you, verse 10, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. There's all kinds of different gifts. I mean, Romans and Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, tongues, the interpretation of tongues, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits. All those gifts, and we should use those gifts when we come together as the church to lord them over one another, because that's what usually happens. No, to what? To serve. So I should bring what, God, you've gifted me, and so I'm going to bring those gifts and give them to you, and I'm going to serve those around me, because I love them deeply. And if you look around the room, we have people serving you right now, and you don't even know it. Ken is running sound right now. Michael helped you worship today by clicking on those slides. That is not an easy job. And she wasn't even signed up. She did it. What, what did you call it, Michael? Spur of the moment, she said. And the other guy's hiding, and I won't even say his name, but he's doing video for us this morning. They're serving us. They're bringing the gifts and abilities that God has given them, and they're serving you. So I look at that, and I, and I want to practically take that on because I have heard over the years being in ministry that, hey, we're going to go do this. Oh, I'm not called to serve. I've heard that. My gift isn't serving because it is in the line of gifts. Oh, my gift is whatever. It's not serving. Well, Peter says, uh, I beg to differ. I'm going to go with Peter's opinion over yours in this case because Peter's opinion is in the Word of God. And Peter says our responsibility is to serve. No matter what gift we've been given, we're supposed to serve. Use that gift to serve. So may I make some practical suggestions to you this morning? Like I said before, this is not a club. This is a church. And the church runs and functions like a body. And that's why the Bible calls us the body of Christ. He leads, and we do everything else. We're the fingers, toes, eyes, nose, ears, hair, curly hair, no hair, whatever it might be. But that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come together and bring our gifts. There are tons of opportunities here at this church. Can I just say that? 
if we're going to continue doing what we're doing, there's a few things that need to happen. I'm just going to be taking the Word of God and I'm going to make it extremely practical this morning. We need to continue putting stuff in that box in the back. In a time where it's like, man, I just need to, I need to pull in. Things are getting tight. I know the Bible says I should be giving, but, hmm. No, we need to continue to give because that's what the Bible asks us to do. That's what it tells us to do, not asks, tells us to do. And there's an incredible, I'm just going to say this, there's an incredible blessing when you give financially. I don't get it. For years, I was the only one that made money in our house. And to have what I had, I don't get it. I had people accuse me of stuff. I'm like, I'm just working here, doing the best I can. There is a blessing to give. There's also a blessing when you serve. Amazing blessing when you serve. And when you give away what God has given. It's like God is flowing through you to do what you do. And so we have incredible service opportunities for you. Worship. It was great worship, walking in, and I could hear drums today. I could hear bass, Fiona, killing it on the bass. I could hear singers. I walked in the sound booth, and it was full. You know, so we had Sunday school teachers. We had people come and work outside a little bit this week. Now we have plenty of service opportunities here. Maybe you're like, I love working outside on landscape stuff. Well, welcome. Just call me. Come up for 15 minutes and pull weeds. 15 minutes, bring your weed eater. 15 minutes. Maybe it turned into half an hour. Pastor time. <laughs> Serve one another with the gifts that we've been giving. No matter what gift we've been given, the mandate from Peter is to serve. Well, I don't think I have the gift of serving. Well, the giver of all gifts gave his best. And when Jesus was here, I believe that in the Spirit, he had all the gifts. And yet, what did Jesus do? He served us. So if Jesus served us, then we can serve. Okay, enough. I'll move on. Oh, one more thing about that. You know, when we serve, it's not like we're just serving whoever. When we serve somebody, it's like we're serving God himself. That's what Jesus said. When you do it to the least of these, with a heart of care and compassion, it's like you're serving me. It's pretty cool. Hey, those cookies that you put out, Patty, it's like you're serving Jesus' cookies. Seriously, that's, that's really neat. Hey, Fiona, when you play bass on Sunday mornings, it's like you're playing bass for Jesus. It's like your gift that you're giving back to him. That's huge. And then the last one he hits really quick, and I'm going to hit it really quick, is represent Jesus well with the words that come out of your mouth. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Famous line to a movie, Rush Hour. Chris Tucker, who's a strong believer in Jesus, by the way. That's why he got out of Hollywood. As he got saved, and he was not on the right track, and he stepped out. I don't know where he's at now, but at least in the moment. But he says the famous line, Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Because words matter, right? 
The words that come out of our mouth matter. And what Peter is saying, he's not just talking about preaching here. Now you guys are all thinking about Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. The words that come out of our mouth matter. And Peter's not just talking about like when you're preaching, because then he's only talking to a couple of people in this room. If that, and if, by the way, if you're interested in preaching and teaching, come and talk to me. I'd love to walk, walk with you in that and give you, and, and give you opportunity, Effie's. And give you opportunity. Just messing with you because you're wearing a cool shirt. So I'm not being prophetic. I'm being more pathetic this morning. <laughs> Unless that spoke to your heart, then talk to me. You're probably going to talk to me anyways, but I don't ever do that again. You just said words matter, and you just did it. Okay, so let me just backtrack. Delete that from the, oh, no, too late? Okay. But words matter. How we speak to one another matters. The Message Bible says, man, the, like when we're talking to one another, act as if it's like the, literally the words of God are coming out of our mouths to one another. Won't that change the way we talk to one another? <laughs> yeah, I think it would. And that's what Peter's trying to get, get at. Hey, love one another. Be hospitable. That means spend time with one another. And when you're doing that, serve one another. And then when you do that, when you come together, then be encouraging with words with one another. You realize it takes way longer to build something that it is to tear it down. I mean, some of us have been torn down for years with words. I want this place to be a place where you can come and you can be built up. But sometimes that takes a long time. It takes a long time to build something. Then let's start. Let's start building something here, right? Words matter, and how we say it matters. And I love how Peter wraps it up. He says, we do all of this. We love one another. We show hospitality towards one another. We serve one another. We are careful with how we speak to one another because and so that God will be praised through Jesus Christ. Because to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. It's not about us. It's all about him and his kingdom. Amen? It's all about him. We might think it's about us. We're part of it, but it's, he's not part of us. We are part of what he is doing. Let's stand. Hmm. So first things first, for some of you, maybe you're watching at home, maybe you're in the house, I'm not sure. I'll just say, first things first, are you right with him? Peter says, hey, things are wrapping up. Basically, what he's saying is, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're just not. Things happen. We're not guaranteed um, the next moment. And so the important thing is, then what do we do in the moment that we're in? And for some reason, you're here today. Maybe it's a conscious decision you made. Maybe it's something you just do. Maybe you tune in today because it's just something you do. But 
But there's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you're hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth. And Peter says, are you ready? Man, I just want to encourage you to follow Jesus. If you've never done that before, it's He will change your life. It will be radical in an amazing way. You won't have a perfect life. You have a perfect eternal life, though. <laughs> and the other question I have for you this morning as a church is, are we doing the things that Peter asked us to do? Man, are we... Do we really love one another? Do we sincerely love one another? Are we hospitable towards one another? Are we serving one another? And are we encouraging and building one another up? Many of you are mature, seasoned saints in this room. I'm just going to give you a prayer request this morning. I want you to pray for your church, Renton Christian Center. I believe we're done surviving. And it's time that we step out and we start making a difference in our community. And asking God for vision and wisdom. Not just for me, but for you. It's going to take more than one person to make a difference in this community. It's going to take all of us to make a difference in this community. So I invite you to pray with me on how we can come together as his church and bring the gifts that he's given us to make a difference in the community that he's called us to be in. I'm really sincere about that, asking you to pray with me about that. The foundation, I believe a solid foundation has been laid for us here. This church was God's idea. It wasn't man's idea. It was God's idea. And that means he has plans for us as his church in the community that he's placed in. When this church was built, there was nothing around it. There was no neighborhood across the street. There weren't neighborhoods here. There was no park there. There's no school right there. It was trees. Because God says, I know what's coming, and I want to I go ahead and plant this place there. And so now, Jesus, continue to lead us, Lord, is our prayer. Not just one of us, but Lord, I pray that you lead all of us. From young to not so young. God, that you would lead us. And God, that we would come together as your church and bring together the things that you have given and instilled in us, the passions, the gifts, the abilities, the ideas. And God, we would do that with grace, God, with a deep love that covers over all our mistakes, all our humanity, because that's what you did for us. You loved us so much that you came and gave your life for us. 
And God, for those who haven't made that decision to follow you, God, I pray that today would be the day that eternity would start now. Eternity with you would start now. Just by simply acknowledging who you are, God. Acknowledging who they are and receiving what you have done for them. Lord, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that the promises that when I think of your promises that just roll through my mind right now. That you're with us. That you've chosen us. That you've called us. That you say that we're your own. Lord, we hang on to those promises today. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for leaving heaven and coming here and showing us what it looks like, what real love looks like. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, God bless you. There are um, service opportunities here. If uh, when Toby was talking about our kids, there's Sunday school signups actually out there right now. You can put this sermon right into practice and uh, jump right into it. If you have thoughts or like, hey, I would like to start doing this or whatever, just talk to me. Call me. My, my cell phone's out there. My email's out there. Uh, get a hold of me. All right. God bless you.